All right, guys, I was on Jubilee for another middle ground, male feminist versus female anti-feminist. This one was a doozy and very chaotic. Let's get into it. Right, guys, we're just going to get straight into this. I got asked to be on another Jubilee Middle Ground. The first one that I did was conservative women versus uh, trans women. And we talked about gender ideology and all that fun stuff. Now, this one is a debate on feminists. And I immediately said yes to this one because I thought it was an interesting premise to bring on male feminists to essentially espouse for uh, the existence of oppression against women in the United States versus women who are saying, you know what, hold up a minute. I don't necessarily agree with you. What an interesting concept to have play out in front of your eyes. So uh, there was no way I was saying no to this. Uh, we're gonna watch this video. There ended up being four male feminists, one who was a, a trans man, which we'll get into in the video, and then four uh, female anti-feminists. And I think it's important to recognize that our feminist discussion is purely talking about American feminism. And I want to make it clear, if anybody asked me, you know, if I would be a feminist in the Middle East, of course I'd be a, a feminist in the Middle East. There seems to be an actual structure of, of patriarchy that needs to be fought against. And that's the case for, for many countries outside of the United States. But I came into this conversation purely with the framework of talking about modern day feminism, modern day feminism. And we're going to break that down as the discussion goes on here and just see what you have to say. This was a very chaotic shoot and it was much longer than what was published. And uh, we'll get into what parts were edited because I, I found that there were quite a few things that I said during this shoot that were edited out of the video and many things that others said. And we'll talk about why um during every jubilee video there seems to be a chosen villain by the audience and we'll see if you guys are capable of figuring out who that is uh it should be obvious let's let's watch you, can i ask you a question you. though or ask the group a question yeah. there's more world leaders who are male and typically i think good leadership that's a good thing women should not be positions of extreme leadership like presidents etc cetera, etc cetera, because we're too emotional i'm feeling a lot of emotion right now <laughs> here we go By the way, Taylor's not here today. We just have Cam in the producer's bay. What's up, Cam? What's up, guys? <laughs> uh, Taylor is dealing with some, some family stuff today, so we're going to be going at this ourselves. If you agree, step forward. Okay. Women have more privileges today than men. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Do women have more privileges today than men? You guys actually get to watch my answers this time, so I don't have to pause and tell you what I think. I <laughs> went back and forth on this one, uh, thinking about the difference between more and different. I think women have distinctly different privileges than men have, but with this new feminist movement that is arising, more of the third, fourth wave, we are finding, I think, that women are placed and pedestalized above men in a lot of ways. Uh, there's affirmative action hiring and scholarships where women, sometimes even regardless of academic standing or achievement, are prioritized above men. But men also have different privileges that they get to access. I, I struggle to say more, but I think I do agree with the feminist movement now there is more. If you are born into this life with a vagina, you inherently have 10 times more privilege than a man. From the time they are little, girls are always like doted on and, and you're so pretty and cute. Very coddled. They're coddled, yeah. right? As, as they should be, you know? They're, yeah. they're, we want that feminine nurturing energy in them. You can kind of be a degenerate woman and have a hot body and be a millionaire on OnlyFans. Yeah. 
men don't have that privilege. Now, women don't have to like work to get a guy. They're just hot. I sort of think about it. I think it's very different. And a lot of the things that we're saying uh, are going to shift and change versus change, depending on what we see in life. There are plenty instances, and I know many of you can probably attest to this, where you hear of moms being uh, boy moms. Have you ever heard the phrase boy mom? Where they're just doting on their son because it's their firstborn son and he's the man of the family and then the daughters don't get much attention. Uh, so you could make the same argument for, for men having to go through this. It'd be a really tough thing to sort of gauge unless you had uh, research on exactly what it is that you're saying. Now, she also speaks to pretty privilege, which I think is a privilege that is far more accessible to to women. And we we get to utilize that privilege far more. If I go to a bar or, or girl, women goes to a bar or club or whatever, guess who's getting in free? Guess who's getting their drinks paid for? Guess who's getting free stuff? Guess, uh, you know, who's more likely to get like sponsorships and stuff like that on the internet for being beautiful and promoting products. It's most likely going to be a woman. But that's not to say that men don't exercise pretty privilege as well. It's just a little bit more, you know, few and far between. Men are far more willing to be with, you know, different types of women and have a wider array of what they're attracted to. There's a, a, a smaller scale for, for men who are perceived as attractive or successful. But when you are a man who is perceived as attractive and successful, you better believe you're going to get things handed to you, too. It just takes a different form of of currency. It might not necessarily be free drinks or getting into the club for free, but certainly women are fawning over you and, and you you have your pick of the litter as far as as women are concerned. It just shows up uh, in, in different ways. And then they get guys come to them and spend their resources on them. A man has to prove himself. He has to build a body. He has to make money. He has to build influence. This is true. He has to become a protector, a provider. Women just have that naturally by just having a vagina. As well, that's I said. why it's frustrating because the feminist movement has been all about women acting like they don't have rights and acting like they have it pretty hard in the modern day world. I can't think of a single thing that. I don't have that a guy has or that you know, they only have. Like, I would say the one thing I would have. say is the safety thing. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I would say is that women are disadvantaged from Alex. by nature. Women are not as physically strong. I mean, you're physically strong, but as physically strong. <laughs> Why'd she single me out like that? <laughs> you look jacked Do right I there. Look you look, people are saying it in the chat too. Yeah, you look I think ripped. I think it's just the lighting in this studio. <laughs> like it's dark set lighting. And I, I don't know. But yeah, I, she, I was like, oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> I'll take it. I was great by <laughs> And men just are. And if you're walking down a dark alley as a woman, you're, you're gonna feel some type of way sometimes, That's right? That's why we need guns. Well, there you go. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna talk a little bit more about um, like the judicial system. When it comes Another to, good point. let's say, domestic dispute, if a woman calls the police, they automatically show up, arrest the man, this the Duluth model, I think is how you pronounce it. And that's already- It says the Duluth model focuses on men who commit the crime of domestic violence uh, and female victims. Its theory is based on an understanding of male power, control, and dominance as culturally and historically pervasive, and which allow, if not encourage, men to control women sometimes using violence. Okay, that's what they use to in fact place, check her. It's not necessarily like a right or anything, but it's certainly in all of the police departments, is that feminism is all about equality. Why would you automatically arrest a man? 
When they arrest him, his name is in the newspaper automatically. The fact that a woman can say yeah. Jane Doe and she doesn't have to put her name out there, what skin in the game is there? And there's so many instances of that. I know men personally who have had domestic violence within their relationship with children involved, unfortunately. And the, mm. you know, the woman attacked the man in front of the child and he's still, I know two instances personally, and he's still fighting to get the child back. That's from the Me Too movement. Congratulations. You guys got that. It yeah, oh gosh, it's so hard. Like these, these conversations do require nuance. I mean, when you are evaluating a relationship for violence and particularly one that involves children and stuff, I think most people's frame of mind is going to be to look at the man first, uh, because I think you would find that typically in the in the committing of these crimes, you would find that a man would be the perpetrator because that's just the way uh, men show uh, aggression often is through physical violence and women show aggression a little differently typically. But that's not to say that women can't be the culprits, which is where we've sort of fallen down uh, the, the slope as far as the Me Too movement is concerned. Uh, the Me Too movement could have been something really great had it involved everybody and had it involved a message of every single situation needs to be judged and evaluated on the basis of the individuals in that situation saying i'm just going to look at this for what it is what it is and every situation that pops up is going to be equally evaluated instead they went and said oh now well, hashtag believe all women <laughs> because any woman who comes up with an accusation is inherently telling the truth and we should trust them and, and just believe what they're saying. So this is when the wires got crossed and we fell off our rocker on that one. So I get why they feel this way. And there is some truth to that. I mean, look at what who's that actor who just got accused of assaulting somebody, Jonathan Majors, who's uh, got arrested and his girlfriend had accused him of something. And then it turns out oh, maybe that is not the case. Maybe that's not the situation that happened here. And now she's going back and saying, oh, no, he didn't do this to me. But guess what? The damage is done because the PR teams have picked up on everything. His name's all out there as an abuser. He's been losing his, his movie deals and this and that. So we are clearly are functioning at a disadvantage if you're a man in, in this case because people just inherently want to believe uh, what women say when it comes to these situations kind of invalidates the women who do come forward and Correct. who have faced rape and sexual assault and all of that because then it, it kind of turned into a Twitter hashtag That's where women were like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, this seems fun. Like, for class, it's not for class. I think it's a mixed bag. I don't think the yeah. Me Too movement was an inherently harmful. It's the Me Too movement when right. you couple it with something like Believe All Women. That's when it becomes yes. uh, yeah. an and inherently And the victimization of women who people. aren't really victims. The prompt is, do women have more privileges. Uh, we have privileges simply by virtue of being women. We have privileges with affirmative action. We have privileges in family court and we have privileges as far as being believed and forgiven. It's, correct, a, correct. it's something that should be acknowledged. That's correct. Can I have the disagree a step forward? I appreciated the distinction of more versus different privileges. You can't just use a broad brush and, and paint the entire debate and say, all right, well, this is Men have more than women, that's it. Like, mm -hmm. women must inherently then have no privileges. That's, that's not how it works. And that's not necessarily. <laughs> you can say more without meaning that they have 
None, but that's okay. That's where we start to get into the idea of like intersectionality, where another woman who had a different experience, if it was a trans woman, if it was a woman of color, if it was but a woman who was- I don't think we're including trans women into feminism. And that's I think we definitely level. should. I don't like, think we should think at so. all. I think that mm. trans women should not be a part of the feminist movement because a man, just because they you know, wake up and feel like they can be a woman one day, could come in and then suddenly know what it's like to have a period or know what it's like to have a child. It's anything from- I agree with men replacing women in sports to men replacing women on podcasts during women's month and when we're talking about women's health or you've even got biological men who think they're women going to the White House speaking on behalf of all women. I do have a question for you based on the prompt though because you've lived in both experiences at least socially. Mm -hmm. I'm curious when you transitioned to male and people started perceiving you as male like most people did today what privileges changed for you or what did you see enter your life that you didn't have before? Yeah, and, and that's that's sort of where a lot of my my beliefs in feminism do lie mm -hmm. is because being out into the world as a gay woman was the way I was seen. Men treated me definitely not nearly as well as they did. I was bullied in school. I had people call me slurs mm -hmm. and, it, and it seemed like it was because I was threatening to like the male structure that we are in where it's like male and female because I was a female who liked females I was somehow infringing on that and so they didn't like me pause now I don't remember how much of this conversation was edited but I that I think out of all the things in this video that I wish had been able to be fleshed out more that question was the one that I wish would have been able to we could have spent a whole hour on that question because here you have a person who I didn't recognize at first was was trans but later during this filming said oh well I'm I'm a trans person having lived in the female existence and then having lived being perceived as a, a man I'm like okay then you you should probably have a pretty unique experience in the difference between female and male privileges please tell me some of the privileges that you gained uh, at least socially by being perceived as male and be able to uh, lay that out for me. And we didn't get enough time to have that laid out. I would have loved to have heard more, uh, but it seemed the most we got through was, well, men were more accepting of me, which would make total sense in any case. I, I imagine that if you started to be perceived as a woman, woman would women would want to be more accepting of you because we accept what what is us. We accept what looks like us. We, we stay in our patterns and in our tribes. And women connect more with women and men connect more with men. So if you're being perceived as a man, of course, the guys are going to be like, yo, bro, like get in here. And, you know, you can engage in the locker room talk and you can start being on the same wavelength as them, at least socially. Uh, so I think that that would just be a natural side effect of having transitioned. I didn't really get any clear and distinct privileges that were truly gained in transitioning. Things change naturally when you socially transition and are perceived by the world in a different way. When I transitioned from being perceived as female to the world to just pretty much passing or blending full time as male was that I got a lot more respect from other, other men. Um, people listened to me and took me seriously. In a social passing setting, um, people aren't going to harass women who are around me if I'm walking with them at night, which is just a benefit I never thought about. So caveat, um, actually, so I say that, that, yes, there are some privileges that women have that men don't, but also there's privileges that men have that women don't. I don't think women are more privileged in our society because 
I could get a woman pregnant, and I could just run away. They could get you well, for child support. Well, they can't get you for child support, which they but do. Oh, you can't run away. Really are you saying you can't, she can't run money. away from the pregnancy? But, but you yeah. could but actually yes. physically leave. leave. I, I know what you're saying. Leave. At the end of the day, like, I don't see women having more privileges than men because we don't have the same, it, there's no way to objectively measure it. He's, I mean, that's a valid statement. There is no way. And what he said there is true. You could, as a man, get a bunch of women pregnant and just hit the road, Jack, and just like do whatever it is you want and bear no sort of social or, or fatherly responsibility to that child. Unless, of course, they bring you into court and you're, you're paying child support, but that's simply financial. Uh, but, you know, women in their in their own right have their own forms of privileges and things that they can exercise that men can never exercise at any point. So, it's just, it's such a hard thing to quantify. It's a very difficult question. And that's what I found with a lot of these prompts in this Jubilee episode. I, I was standing back there and they'd read the prompt and I'd just sit there like, mm. <laughs> it's a hard one to answer because it's just really difficult to truncate these ideas into a simple agree or disagree to a prompt. Well, and in the scenario that you pointed out, I mean, if a woman was pregnant, she wouldn't be able to get an abortion in most in some parts states. Of the country. Yes, not most. In some that's states, that's, that's a major some. disadvantage. Yeah, depending you on the time. You can't get an abortion, but children yeah. can go get a, a gender change at twelve with a Feels parent like you're at very fifteen fixated on without. Do you see how we like went off topic there? This whole thing, I I would be a great moderator for jubilee episodes because i would just simply not allow people to go off topic i cannot stand it i'm like we are here for an objective this is going to be like a 45 minute episode you have like five minutes to talk about each prompt if you get off topic i'm cutting you off and we're going back to what we were talking about Consent. That's it's not true. It feels like you're very I, fixated on that. I, I know the laws as well. I went through this. I know. In some states you can, and in Thailand you can go at 16 and get your everything cut off. Guys, it's less than less than five percent. It's, it it's such a small. It's such a small subset matter. of the but population. You but you can't say that about. It does matter though. When you have a child, you're not a That's parent. That's between yet. the parent. <laughs> and the see child. me raise my hand. Can I ask you a question though, or ask the group a question? There's more world leaders who are male, and typically I think leadership. Good. That's a good thing. I know it's it's weird coming from me, but I do want to know. It doesn't bum you out that it's less likely for a woman to become president? I don't fascinating question. Let, let's hear. Let's hear more. It's a very fascinating question because it's one of the most common things that are thrown out when we're talking about feminism is why don't you want more female leaders or female CEOs or, you know, female lieutenants? I feel bummed out because I know that if I want to pursue something that I want to do, I have every capability to do it in this country. I don't feel bummed out. Women should not be positions of extreme leadership like presidents, et cetera, et cetera, because we're too emotional. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of emotions. Too. Men right can now. be impulsive. I'm, I'm not saying men that men can, can't be yeah. emotional. Like, we had a president. We had a president who would literally just and now go we on Twitter every day, every work. second. Wait, one person so she can yeah. hear us. To be logical and to be sound is not something defined by gender. It's just something defined by your own psychology. The left and right brain. It, it actually is. Though. <laughs> it's That's not false. false. No, it's not come on, man. Come on. Really? Really? Your question about leadership, I think, is a very poignant question because a lot of people are asking that. Why don't we see more female presidents? Why don't we see more female CEOs or Fortune 500 companies? Watching myself. And again, it goes back to those gender differences. There will be women who will be exceptions to the generalized rule of what it means to be feminine. And those women you will see succeed in extreme leadership. But we should also discuss what the conditions of extreme leadership are. We're talking 80 hour work weeks, yep. subscribing yourself to your <laughs> career and nothing else. Going family and children. Psychologically and biologically, women tend to lean in the direction of not making those choices for themselves, while men are highly competitive, they are highly analytical, systematic, they're willing to put in that time and take extreme measures to gain career status. Exactly.
And this is interesting because even in really egalitarian societies, you see men and women make the choices that they make. And women are more driven towards working with people and nurturing comforting positions. And men are more driven to those analytical systematic positions that are uh, extreme often in in what they require of you as far as what you need to do to achieve the job at hand. Now, that's not to say that women are incapable, uh, are incapable of being CEOs or being the president of the United States. No, it's not to say that at all. But it's to say that the women who do that are typically taking on what are traditionally masculine traits. And that's okay. I mean, you can admit that and you can say, you know, I'm a woman and I'm the CEO of a company and it takes a lot of assertiveness. It takes a lot of drive. It takes a lot of setting aside my my personal life or the work at hand. And those things are traditionally masculine things to do. Exactly. But in a, in a egalitarian said. society, it's about having that choice to make that decision. And yes, that's what feminism but we is do. About. It's but about we already having, have that choice. We do. We have that if choice. I want to go but own my being, own company, I can. Restricted. Like I said in the beginning, we've. All I would love to have heard more from him about how that choice is being restricted. How can women not achieve any of the things on that list that I just mentioned? Where are the barriers? Where are the barriers? And this is the conversation that comes up every time I discuss feminism. Where are the barriers that we are fighting to break down? Because I, I just simply don't, I don't see them all agreed that the beginning of feminism was going in the right direction. Humanizing women. Yeah. It right? was humanizing women. It was making them equal to men. It was giving us the same opportunities so that we can go vote, so that I can go get a job, so that I can drive a car. Like she there's can run for other countries that I know that we weren't talking about other countries, but if you want to talk about feminism, go protect the women who get beat up for driving a car Thank in you. other countries. Men are falling behind in society. Yep. I just think, I mean, we have amazing men here today. It's oh, an honor to you. be on this you panel with you <laughs> to see this masculine energy. However, I know that men are not able to be men anymore. Because of the feminist, uh, modern feminist <laughs> propaganda, I coach men in my practice and they tell me like, I don't even know if I, what I can do on a date anymore. Can I ask a woman out? Am I going to get in trouble for this now? Like, I really like her. I kind of want to put my hand around her waist, but maybe that's going to, you know, I'm going to be all over social media, this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I think men don't have the balls anymore to just stand up and be a man, be dangerous, be fierce. I want to respond to a respond. lot of what you said. Please. Uh, does anybody else um, You make a really interesting point. However, I feel like a lot of the reasons why men can't actively express masculinity in a positive way is because of the patriarchal structures that we have. Part of where I'm coming from with this is I'm trans. So I was born female, now I present as male. I came out socially and medically transitioned at 18. Okay. The feminist movement is what helped me feel empowered enough to be who I am and okay. be a man. And no disrespect to your process, I know it's a very... Again, I just need these statements substantiated. He said a large part of why men are not able to be men is patriarchy. And then it's just like, where, <laughs> how? <laughs> Can you please detail what what that means and, and why that would be the case? Because I'm, it's just not, it's just not landing. Very strenuous thing that you go through, but I see a woman still. I feel feminine energy from you. That's all right. I, I and totally So when you say that. you're a man, then it's like, I don't see that. The way I think about it is more like about individual choice and individual freedom. And if I want to say that I have feminine energy and people view me as masculine or vice versa, 
then that's their problem, that's not my problem. And for me, that's what um, feminism is about, is about giving people the choice to act in accordance with however the hell they want to. But act. that's, that's a very dangerous society. Started. That's not how say. feminism started, though. Yeah, we went from, you know, wanting equal rights for women and equality for women, and now it's Humanizing kind of women, right? Humanizing women, yes. making it to where I think we all agree, you know, women now are equal to men, and with like third and fourth wave feminism, especially fourth wave feminism, it's kind of turned into individuality, like you said. It doesn't take a man to tell me how to be a man. It doesn't take a woman either. I, I can define myself as a man how I want to. Um, I don't need somebody like Andrew Tate to be like. I don't know, like tell that to the large majority of young people who are growing up without father figures and then ending up in these horrible, horrible situations of prison, jail, obesity, homeless, uh, dropping out of high school, never seeing the inside of a college or, or any sort of higher education institution. Say, tell them that they don't need to be told how to be a man or how to be a young woman. Uh, these statements sound really good. Like, of course, nobody needs to tell you how to be who you are. And you should have every right to explore yourself and express yourself in the way that you see fit, so long as you are not harming other people uh, or, or really harming yourself too, too horribly. But people do need masculine figures and men in particular need masculine figures and need some sort of ideal or at least a role model to look towards. And I think we are in no better society to see that that is true than where we're at now because there is, is exactly what we're discussing right now. Men falling behind in society is happening right before our very eyes. You're not a man unless you do this. I also don't need a woman to come up and be like, you're not a real man if you don't do this. And it's the same with femininity. I'm not gonna tell you how to be a woman. I don't think another woman should tell you how to be a woman either. So what would you tell so, kids? Yeah, like he has this, he, you have a daughter. Do yeah. you really want to be guided by the ambiguous, define yourself as however you want to define yourself. And for her mind to be molded <coughs> and shaped by men who, no disrespect, women who turn themselves into men and then turn themselves back and say there's a lot of dissatisfaction when the root of the problem okay, wasn't the gender, it was everything let's, else. Let's, let's slow very, down the, I low, feel like yeah, I looked at the percentages, but that's I looked at the percentages. That's also a minority of the population. Feels like you're bundling a lot of ideas, which makes it hard to respond, but well, I- Well, because there's so much true. data to support Can you repeat these, the, what's the main question? You want your daughter's mind to be formed and shaped by a society that tells her it's okay to be masculine and to be a man and that oh, she doesn't yeah. need a man and that it's better off for her to be alone and put her career first and not have children. I think it's more mm. likely than not that she'll probably follow a more conventional path. If my daughter grows up and she wants to dress like a boy, like great. If she for whatever reason is exper experiencing gender dysphoria, like we would navigate that together. But that, yeah. to me, it doesn't scare me. And that's, I, 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 I would all the more want to live sad. in a world that... I feel like that's sad. Because Why, it's a though? very... Because my son, I encourage him. I say, you are to be, and I really don't care the backlash. You're supposed to be attracted to women. And Isn't I tell that a lot him, of pressure? And I tell, no. And I, and I ask him, but What who if are, he's not? Because not... life for transgender individuals, and my son's African-American as well, is very fr freaking hard. I don't know yeah, if we can that, swear. I'm sorry. You can. <laughs> it's very hard. Do you know this to be true? Asking people or putting pressure on your son or putting pressure on my pressure. daughter to not. I just tell them. Okay, but to not be there. <laughs> I don't pressure them. I just tell them they could never do that. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I think that's so funny. I don't pressure my son to be straight. I just tell him that he can't be gay. <laughs>
self, if that's truly how they feel. It feels like that would no, be. No, because they're that's not their not, true that's self. This, like, Thank you. That's this way it's society you. has influenced everybody to be yeah. like, so you know. Yeah. When you say I can I identify, feel. I can do <clears throat> whatever I want, if I want to say, I'm Beyonce today. I can now just be Beyonce. But do you right? actually believe that? Well, I do. Okay. Like, I don't think wait, wait, wait. you believe it. That's so fascinating. That that question. She said, and uh, we're way off prompt here, which you heard me say in the middle of this. Like, guys, can we get back on the prompt? Because I'm literally just sitting there silent because I'm like, we're not even talking about what we came here to talk about. But uh, I digress. Anyway, she said, if I'm say I feel like Beyonce today, are you just gonna tell me that I feel like Beyonce? And the interesting response from the guy in the blue jacket, blue and yellow jacket, I don't remember what his name is, I think it's Alex, he says, well, do you really believe it? Which just shows you, like that's that's a wild response if you really break it down. So if she turned around and said, well, yeah, I truly, I just truly believe it, then that's when you you validate somebody. It depends on what you judge the depth of their belief to be. Uh, and that will be simply for him, but it speaks to a larger problem that we're in right now. That if somebody tells you that they are something and they simply just truly, you know, communicate to you that they truly believe it, that's where you you land as far as your acceptance of it or your affirmation of it. That is not a good metric <laughs> for validating somebody's uh, belief of themselves. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Men are falling behind. Is it because of feminism or is there socioeconomic factors that we're not looking at? Well, how do we because, well, no, no. It's going to be a multitude of things. This is why these conversations are difficult. You can't attribute men falling behind purely to feminism. But you could say there's a lot of feminist narratives right now that I'm seeing, especially in the modern day, that certainly are not contributing to the success of men. And you can certainly see a trend in men looking for inherently masculine figures to uh, build community with, to uh, have somewhere to have a masculine outlet to share these traits. And what's lost here in this conversation is there's a lot of what are you going to tell your daughter to be? What am I going to tell my son to be? How are we going to communicate what a man is? How are we going to communicate what a woman is? What we're what we've lost in the conversation is there are natural biological innate drives that we have towards our masculinity and our femininity. If you're not telling and explaining these drives to your children, they're gonna feel them anyways. And if they don't have a healthy outlet to explore those drives, that's where we have problems. So yes, men are gonna be more aggressive. They're gonna be more assertive. They're gonna be more competitive. And a lot of people will not like that I'm saying this, but they're gonna be uh, a lot more driven in the typical ways that society uh, looks at drive. and. Young boys and young men, especially in you know peak development where their bodies are changing and they're getting to know themselves, they're going to feel those feelings. And if you simply call those feelings toxic or you don't show them a healthy avenue to drive those feelings towards, guess what you end up with? A lot of really bad men and women, quite frankly, in our society. So, yeah, there are things to tell people and to help guide them toward their masculine or feminine ends, but there's also things that they're gonna feel regardless. And this whole men and women are the same and we're totally equal and you know, raise boys and girls the same, it's bullshit. It really is because you don't raise two people who are in you know, two completely different camps with two completely different feelings for, the mo for most of their lives with the same exact hand. Now you can teach them the same values, the same morals, and what it is to be a good human being, or at least your understanding of what it means to be a good human being, but you better understand that men and women are gonna feel those things differently.
falling behind. No, no, no. Let's, let's yeah, look, what do you see is falling what, behind? What's falling behind? So people in America, not just men, everybody is getting poor. This has nothing to do with feminism. Well, that's feminism. not true. No, that's this, that's this, a mental you, state. You, you no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Which that just came out. <laughs> I, there's just so much in this video that came out of left field. What just happened there? She just said poor is a mental state. Getting poor. This has nothing to do with feminism. Well, that's feminism. not true. That's a mental you, state. You, you no, 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 no. Philosophically, I understand what she's saying. Like, it, poor could be a mental state, and that, like, if you're like poor, boo me, oh mama, I don't have anything, I don't have any resources, then yeah, you're you're mentally probably not going to do any better than you're doing right now. But also, poor is a real state of being, <laughs> so we should acknowledge both of those things. Not That's true. This is, this is economic data. We are yeah, falling I'm not getting that. Well, I, you can blame your president and, for that. Okay, and back the other to the thing prompt. is, what do you define as masculinity? It can be subjective. Tell from us. Culture tell to culture. what do you define masculinity? I think masculinity is whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be this objective how, thing where it's like, oh, you're masculine. You're not like. It, can it, so it could be different from our society to another society. And actually, in some countries, like men who don't provide for their families or are not the sole provider are not seen as masculine. Here's the thing. You'll probably hear this a lot. It's whatever you want it to be. Being a woman is whatever you want it to be. Femininity is whatever you want it to be. Masculinity is whatever you want it to be. Gender is whatever you want it to be. If everything is whatever you want it to be, then nothing has meaning. And there is no point in using words. There is no point in developing language. Because if everything has whatever definition you give it, and you can be whatever you want on any given day and masculinity can shift and change and morph and all these different things, then there's no use in the term masculinity. There's a reason we have these terms and it's because we identified patterns when looking at men versus women. And we've identified them not only just in our own country, although our countries have specific cultures, but virtually across the board of human existence, we can say these things and, and look at these generalities for men and women. And that's where we get the term masculine. So masculinity is not whatever you want it to be. Although some people might feel that way. Countries, or are we talking yeah. about the US? But even, right? Actually, even here, really? there are people who if, will say that's demasculating for a man to make less money than his wife. I appreciate everything everyone's saying. I, I do want to talk about the prompt. When I heard the prompt and I heard that, you know, I thought about men falling behind, I thought more like mental health. Like suicide is more common. Oh, with we're gonna men. go here. No, Love but it's true. It, like men but it's commit a suicide and it's at not higher a rates. Out. Like I'm not saying mental health isn't an issue. That it is an issue, and obviously a lot of men are having experiencing a lot of pressure. Yeah. Have you heard like the term "death of despair"? despair. Men are. I was really confused by that reaction of like, "Oh, we're gonna go there." <laughs> like, no, a lot of men are killing themselves. So yeah, if we're gonna talk about the prompt of men falling behind in society, there is no greater instance of falling behind than choosing to take one's own life. So might be a subject matter to, to discuss uh, in, in this prompt. Committing suicide more, men are right. dying from alcohol-related illnesses more, and they're also dying from drug abuse and drug overdose more. Correct. And that, that's an increasing trend in society. This, yeah. And then you that's see true. educational gaps. No, there's no denying that like young men are abandoning colleges at a rapid yeah. Rapid yeah, it's a rate. lot of pressure to be a man. They're also like, far lonelier than women are yep. right now. Yep. And, and yeah, women are the least Hold on, least hold on. Can I finish my point? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, don't let me lose my train of thought. They're abandoning colleges. Women make up, um, they enroll in college at a 60% rate. Women are earning more than men nowadays, right? So, um, yeah, well, no, that is true. Hold on, hold on, wage gap. It's about enrollment. So are they having other jobs? Yeah, probably. Sure. But I'm saying like probably. men are not going to these institutions. Why? 
when you're saying lack of enrollment, there's more entrepreneurials in the entrepreneurial space than ever before in history. So I believe a lot of people are opting out of college as we had to pursue their venture. So that could be part of the reason why the enrollment well, has declined. Can I just go back to a point that you said really quick? Yeah, where you ahead. talked about yeah. like the mental health of men and how Me? like, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, stigmatization yeah. of men addressing their mental health. Yeah. What system are we in that sure. makes it so that men have this big stigma around our mental health where we can't yeah. talk about it and the suicide rate goes so up. I'll we are in a patriarchal system. Yes. Yes. Let me that tell you. Let the, me tell you. Those, so are, the those way, are the bounds we are within currently. There, there's a That's lot toxic of masculinity. Mason complete his point. I'll encourage uh, you to let the other person finish the point and then, of course, you can take it forward, <laughs> but let them talk. Um, just the real quick. Thing. The systemic structures we are in yes. are patriarchy. That is what has caused men mm -hmm. to have this massive stigma around mental health sure. where we don't feel empowered to reach out. Men tend to not go to therapy. That leads to suicide, that leads to all of these big things. That's not caused by feminism. That was happening well before so, the feminist movement hold on, hold on. came into these... It's so weird that people have to like attribute it to some sort of system. Like it has to be some sort of profession. Could it really just be that men are less likely to, to share those sort of feelings, you know, biologically? Could it, could it just be that that's a natural disposition for men? Could it? <laughs> Is it all like, some oppressive system that is constantly weighing down could it be that women in nature by nature are just more attached to their emotions and are greater at you know understanding the uh, emotional complexity and have better intuition as far as emotions are concerned could it could it maybe be that it could <laughs> Adam there's a lot of um, psychiatrists, psychologists, and uh, economists, professors, all these people coming out saying that the actual psychology department is feminized. I know, I no, know. It's, I'm, I'm yeah, processing yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, saying, yeah. the psychology department. It's weird, department. but the way that it, everything's processed is for women. So women and men process information differently. <laughs> men are like this in their brain, women are, it's all over. And like, what the hell does that mean? Well, it's left brain, right brain. When, you're, when you process like simple. men need to solve the problem <sighs> before <laughs> they can process the emotion. Women are women emotional. Women react on emotion. Women. Yeah, that's time. it. But so women have a tendency, not a tendency, they do better with talk therapy. That doesn't always work for men. Men do better when they are kind of working with a coach or somebody that's going to be like, this is what you have to do. And then come like back to how you did. That's why mentors so, work. That's why men need. He had so, a thought though. Can we let? Yeah. I get what she's saying uh, as, as far as the, the feminization of, of mental health treatment. I can't speak to that uh, as far as having, having looked in, into that too much, but I could see where there would probably be a big difference in how you would treat a woman versus a man. And and like I said, with this whole like raise boys and girls the same, treat men and women exactly the same. I don't think that that would be true generally. There, of course, there's gonna be instances where that's the case, uh, but generally I don't think it's true. I think it is different strokes. I'm finished yeah. so, okay, The same problems with the military, a lot of the suicide rate, um, even though there is therapy services, they're actually actively discouraged. And it's because of this masculine energy in the military, because it is still, even to this day, a very ultra-masculine institution, and there's mm -hmm. these negative energies saying like, hey, no, you shouldn't like go talk, that's what these fucking do. But that's but, toxic well, masculinity. Yes. Well, actually, but it comes from a place where it's like, oh, that's not what men do, just suck it up and push on, and that's why a lot of these guys end up killing themselves. But what, what branch were you in, can I ask? I was in the army. I okay. was, uh, so you're an athlete, correct? And yes. in the military, what is in the military that makes everything work? 
within the military. Uh, it's a structure, right? Yes, it's a structure. It's a system, right? Who runs the military? Who is at the very top of the command? Oh, the commander in chief, the Correct. president of the United States. Couple but, hundred but, years, what I, but, but I'm making a point here. So there's one person at the very top, even if you take the commander in chief away, there's your general, right? And there's lieutenant general, there's corporal, and I forget the, don't hate me, there's all those privates, et cetera. There's a system. One person is at the top of that system, and he has supporting members underneath him, all the way down to private. And that's what patriarchy was, quote, patriarchy was designed. It's a system of one person taking a leadership position, and they make decisions for the greater good, utilitarianism, of all, meaning the family unit. Really? I, that's not but, really what that, patriarchy is. And actually, that's, it is. Very, that's, that's, trying that's, that's a very, that's actually I, a very I literally looked it up yesterday. I feel, no, you're good. I, like I, I, really I literally looked it up yesterday. At least she's researching, I love that. <laughs> Spoken 20%. <clears throat> Once they're done with their thought, feel free to interrupt, but let them finish the sentence. Okay, I, I want to talk. I'm going to talk. I mean, I do think men are falling behind. I feel like the world is just changing in a way where men don't have like a natural place to fit in, um, or it's not as, as intuitive as it used to be. Mm. And I think men are alone. I heard mm. you throw out the word loneliness, and that does feel true. I just don't think that feminism did that. I just think like the world is changing. What you said really resonated with me when we define falling behind. What I think about with men is that high suicide rate, that likeliness uh, and proclivity towards violence and aggression. I think about loneliness and not being in relationships with young, which young men are struggling with a lot right now. And where I feel finding common ground and uh, feminism does get right in a sense is that we should expand our horizons as far as how we view masculinity. Men should be able to cry, they should be able to be vulnerable and that's something that we need to access. But also these men who are feeling disillusioned with the world right now, they are seeking out male figures. We've seen you know, the rise of the Jordan Petersons or some of the personalities at the Daily Wire or the Andrew Tates. They are seeking out somebody who's telling them, I want you to access those masculine traits and harness them in a way, I would say Jordan Peterson's probably a more healthy role model for men than say an Andrew Tate, but men are going towards these more aggressive, masculinized traits and seeking out men that are trying to harness that for them. Yeah. I just, I thought you made a really great point that I totally agree with where men are looking for these role models of how to embody masculinity because we are falling behind and a lot of people don't know how to act. What's really important and what I've seen, at least in, in my experience, like feminism bring up is the idea of um, like Justin Baldoni doing his talk about being man enough for your woman, being man enough to be emotional, being man enough to support children. That's the type of manliness and masculinity I think needs to be embodied so that men can catch up and feel like there's a place for them. That's something that we need to focus on is making sure that people know how to embody masculinity in a way that's going to be beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, we'll see uh, because we're in a, a I think a peak time of men being able to access their vulnerability and express themselves in any way, shape or form that they see fit. But we're also in a peak time of like these deaths of despair and men falling behind and men not doing great. So it doesn't seem, speak to me that we're moving in uh, a progressive way. It, it doesn't speak to me like we're we're finding any success in the method that we're using now and men like i said in my in the point i was trying to make are continuously flocking to men who are rejecting those narratives so 
Why is it that men are flocking to people who are rejecting those narratives and, and finding a community and success within those respective areas? Uh, because I, I don't I do think to to her point about talking about how things are getting feminized and we're trying to like use this feminine solution to what is a masculine problem that's resonating and i can't you know substantiate it as far as you know here's a study or here's research i'm just saying that's what it feels like it is simply what it feels like we're doing to to men right now and it's not working women should also be drafted into the military i think this prompt is boring i'm gonna do one more prompt and uh, maybe if you guys want to do a part two on this we can come back and do it let's see Men need to be masculine to keep their families safe. Let's do this one and then we'll do super chats. Men need to be masculine to keep their families safe. Of course. Of course he's gonna step forward, look at him. <laughs> I think there's a reason why people love Andrew Tate. And whatever you think about him in regards to what he's being accused of, which he has not been proven, but that's neither here nor there, men gravitated toward that, why? Because he spoke to men in a sense of being a man, being a protector, and you have to be in it's charge true. of all your faculties and think more critically. So those aspects of masculinity appealed to men because men want to innately protect. If I go on a date and you take me out on a date, and we're go. he's like, no, I wouldn't, but that's okay. And you take me to a dinner and you don't sit facing the door. I'm never going out on another date with you. It's not like we're helpless, like oh, I can't do anything, but having a man stand by you, protect you and your family and your children, masculinity is very important. There are situations like, for example, like I'm like 230 pounds, my girlfriend's like 110, five foot two. Like there's no way if somebody breaks in the house that uh, she's gonna fight them off yeah. unless she has a gun on her or something. But um, so in that situation, I would, be the fill that masculine role but like uh anybody can be strong anybody like in a situation where i'm not there i would hope if we had kids she could protect them and defend them like the best she could where i get the issue with like oh men need to be masculine it's like oh men need to always go uh go work and bring the money and all this stuff because my girlfriend she's highly educated she actually makes way more money than i do like way more i i work as a personal trainer i don't make as much as she does it is um traditionally not very masculine for a woman to make more money than a man and i know some people they will uh be like oh you're not a real man if your woman makes more money than you that's pathetic why is she with you you sound like a loser things like that and i don't let that define my masculinity i used to be insecure about it but now i've grown more mature and i feel like we're getting to a society where that's less of our problem and like some people might disagree with this and like but it's just my opinion i think uh to raise a son it's easier if you're a man it doesn't have to be a father it could be an uncle or some positive real world model same thing with a positive feeling because like I don't know what it's like to be like a female going through puberty, but I was I was a young man. Right now, a lot of our young men are misguided, and a lot of them are making bad decisions. And it's because like a lot of these young men get this testosterone boost, their brains aren't fully developed, and they like the vast majority of crimes are committed by 16 to 23 year olds. <clears throat> the reason I walk forward is, is is about exactly what you just said. Men have these feelings and uh, this uh, aggression often deep inside them, and it's about using that aggression or those feelings that you have to protect rather than to inflict. Yeah, it's interesting that he talked about a, a lot of different things there. I think the hierarchy as far as a relationship or like a nuclear family unit should go. If your family is getting attacked is man. OK, if man's not there, then, of course, mom. And then that's it. That's the that's the hierarchy there. I don't think 
uh, I don't know, maybe you guys are dating some like really strong women who are like willing to go and do that for you guys, but <laughs> I don't know. And of course, a lot of this, like what we're talking about when he's talking about income, which is something that he used to be insecure about in his relationship, it's like residual from where we were historically. I mean, historically, women were not working. They were staying home. They were taking care of the house and they were taking care of, of children and the family unit. And if you're a man who is not capable of providing for, for that family unit and that nuclear structure, then you're just not going to have one because no woman's going to want you. And even if she did, you wouldn't have the resources to be able to supply uh, the what's needed to create a strong nuclear family. So that's going to carry on. And I think that expectation is going to carry on for quite some time. But as women are, of course, uh, more prevalent in the workplace and they're getting more bachelor's degrees than men and all these things, I think that's going to shift and change to where it, it's it's already not super uncommon to see a woman making more money than a man but i think it's going to the stigma around it is going to lessen just more and more and more and men are going to be far more comfortable making less money than women whether or not that's a good thing i mean to each their own it's going to be on an individual basis but i think most men still feel that drive and that insecurity surrounding how much their girlfriend would make and if their girlfriend makes more than them although i am seeing more and more who say like i don't care if she makes a million and i make you know 50k who cares? Uh, it's just going to be a, a situational thing. I, If I was a man, I'd probably feel some type of way, but... I guess I'm just not entirely sure what, like, just masculinity in general has to do with keeping people safe. Could I quickly respond? That's a lot to that do. I just think it's that men have that natural propensity towards it. If I think of roles in society that are protectors, we could say uh, police officers, military, whatever. Take on that role of physical aggression in order to stop a bad situation from happening. Men tend to take those roles, and and if you just look at the the demographics of those roles in particular, men choose to take that on, and they persevere and drive for it. Let's say um, I get married to a guy and he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. That's fine. I enjoy working. So I actually wouldn't be totally opposed to me grabbing the gun if an intruder came in and being the one to kill somebody if my husband's normally like the one protecting the kids, I guess. I don't think it necessarily matters who's protecting the family, just somebody must. I like what you said about intuition though. Like my wife has a lot of intuition. I think she's better than me at like helping us avoid unsafe situations. But to physically combat a stranger that's at your door with a gun, a mask on, and is breaking in. Yeah, it's convenient to have someone who's more <laughs> like him. Than but would you send your wife intuitive to use her intuitive powers to handle that, to protect, or would you use your masculine I'm, my kid is, my daughter's protected, I'm Look, going down there. If we get attacked, I'm gonna do everything I can to protect my that's, family. That's not men having to be masculine, I just think that's people protecting those they love. I think yeah. it, when women are put in situations where they have to protect their families, they can exert tremendous force. Obviously, they're more vulnerable because they're not typically like as strong on average. I'm full of testosterone, right? But Why? I, I just don't, I don't think like this is something men have to do. I, I, I think you gotta be careful about... You can tell so much of what I've said has been edited in this video. <laughs> it's so annoying. I don't like watching this back because I'm like, I know this was like squashed as far as what we're talking about. You, men, if you, I always use this example, this like thought experiment. If you memory erase everybody who is living right now, and then you're starting to rebuild society and you need nurses and you need teachers and you need military men and you need police officers and we conjure up all these things. Guess what? 
men and women are going to divide themselves the same way that they've divided themselves now because we naturally do those things. And if men are naturally taking on the positions of protecting and using aggression, police officers, military, security guards, all these things, there is a reason for that. And it's because it's a masculine thing to do. Now, does that mean that a woman is incapable of doing them? No, of course not. A woman's incapable of protecting her family. Uh, you, you would hope and is capable of protecting her husband if, if need be, but it's certainly not to the same capacity that a man is because it's just natural within men. It, it always will be. And we can try to rear it out of men. And culturally, we are doing a pretty good job <laughs> at doing that because men are now far more feminized. Our, their testosterone levels are down, although that is largely due to environmental and, and chemical causes and things like that. But I mean, you can try as, as much as you can, but as it stands now, men are going to continue to have these feelings. Women are going to continue to have theirs and the differences are going to shine. They do shine. Uh, and it is a masculine thing to protect your family, although anybody is is capable of doing it. We just do it in very, very different ways. But to physically protect your family is a masculine thing to do. Not that mama bears don't and that they wouldn't, because, of course, anybody would do that for somebody that they love, you would hope. <laughs> but there's even videos of men going around and asking people on the street, asking men and women, you know, if... If a killer's coming to kill you and your partner, would you sacrifice yourself for your partner? And the men go, yeah, duh, of course, of course, of course, every time, of course, of course. And the women, it was kind of like a little wishy-washy. Some of them said, no, I'll save myself. No, I'll save myself. And then a few sprinkled in there said, yes, of course, I would sacrifice myself for my, for my partner. That should tell you something. Of course, it's not evidence, but I'm just telling you, if you ask enough people that question, I think you'll find the ratios start to make themselves very apparent. Now let's get into super chats for the day. I think I have all of them, Cam. Um, but if I miss some that come in as I'm saying them, if you could grab them, thank you. Uh, let's see. First one is from Riku Forever. Or Riku Forever. Says, hi, Amala. I love your show and your viewpoint. Been watching it for a long time. Congrats on one mil. Keeping up, keep up the amazing work. Love ya. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Alexander Gray says, saw this video on Sunday. You were criminally underused. I promise I talked way more than what was featured in this video, but that's okay. Uh, it's all good. This is why we have the show to provide context and go and analyze these things. Text fraud says, swole Amala, swole Amala. <laughs> Y'all are making me think I need to stop doing arm day because it's getting a little, it's getting a little too, <laughs> too notable. Um... Daniel Arntz says, happy almost one year anniversary to Unapologetic. I discovered you in May of last year and I've been a fan ever since. Looking forward to merch. Thank you so much, Daniel. I appreciate it. And that's your first super chat. Awesome. Uh, Jen uh, McMahon, McMahon, McMahon. I don't know how to say your last name. Apologize. The Me Too movement, yes, had some good outcomes, but overall I'd classify it as a boondagle. I've never heard that word before i don't even know what that means <laughs> hopefully i didn't say something horrible uh yeah it's it started off with a good premise and was giving people space to talk about something that needs to be talked about and unfortunately it uh went awry jared's journey thank you says amala is our knight who fights for reason in all this chaos i do have fun doing these little jubilee videos a lot of people say how do you do it how do you sit through this and stay calm and all this stuff it is definitely a practice in staying calm and I'm actively meditating when people are talking <laughs> during these videos in my head. But it is, uh, it's fun. I, I love doing it. 
Sup, my dude says, sometimes I like to envision myself as an anthropomorphic Cheerio swimming in a giant pool of almond milk. Just thought you'd like to know that. You know what? I, I do like to know that. But how much do you truly believe that's what you are, sup, my dude? Because once I think that you truly believe it, then I'm going to start to affirm you as an anthropomorphic Cheerio. Alexander Gray says, Miss Friday's Live, watched it over the weekend. I can't imagine Cam driving the streets of L.A. in his Honda, dropping cars like Katie. Oh, dropping cars to Katy Perry, California girls. Actually don't have a car or a car (laughs) or a license. So (laughs) um, I I jam with my AirPods. Okay. So nobody knows he's listening to Katy Perry's California girls. Keep it a secret. Dixon Butts, always appreciate your super chats. Damn, Amala been really working on those linguini arms. <laughs> Good job. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Jerry, uh, or Gary, sorry. Gary, 4G or 4G. Thank you for your super chat. No message. The Nicodemus 1984 says, I still don't know how you manage to endure these kinds of discussions so calmly on a daily basis. Hats off to you and your team. Like I said, I have... It's good times. I am now, I used to be like, oh my gosh, how can people believe these things? I need the research. I need to tell people that they're wrong. Now I'm just like, tell me more. Tell me more about your experience and how you got there. I really just, I really want to understand where, where you got there. And Jubilee was the ultimate test for me because everybody in the Jubilee comments for the most part is a leftist and they always want to hate on the conservatives. So I did my first Jubilee and people were like, oh, you know, actually I disagree with Amla. And I hate her points of views, but I actually like how calm she was and how she was trying to understand and things like that. So it shows me that we're doing something right. MH says, hi, here's an imaginary coffee from the Internet's coolest barista. Thank you, M. Hope it gives you enough energy to power through a little bit more madness. M, I don't drink coffee, (laughs) but I will take your imaginary coffee. If we could make it a matcha latte next time, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, Freddie Chavez says, grab a coffee slash drink on me because you deserve it. Appreciate what you do, Amala. Thank you so very much. And this next one is from Dahlia, who says, second live here. Love you, Amala, and love the refreshing content. Welcome. We love that you're you're new here and love to have you. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying what we put out. Let's see. Gondola says, how do you maintain a healthy relationship with your mom having two different belief systems? Uh, One you had no choice being brought up in. Do you have resentful feelings? Also, love you in the channel. No resentment whatsoever. I'll tell you guys, resentment and all these other things, waste of time. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Uh, No, I don't resent anything because the reason I am who I am today is because of what I went through. So my relationship with my mom is actually greater than ever. We're super close. Uh, She's actually coming to LA in the not too distant future to come hang out for a week with my little sister. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, Lex says, my cousin used to have serious delusions. She would think she was characters from TV shows when having an episode. Telling her she was right would have been harmful. Yeah. Once you go to like the more extreme examples of like people thinking they're Beyonce, like the woman said in this video, kind of sounds a little ridiculous to to validate people in that it's not to say that you should be rude or you know deny somebody their feelings and what they think but you also should err on the side of being honest in my opinion a scout and a bradley thank you for your super chat says how did you not scream you all make no sense i think my face screamed it that's the one thing that i have yet to accomplish and that is hiding how i feel in my facial expression (laughs) 
sense. So even when the girls on my side were talking, sometimes I was like, <laughs> this was the one time where I kind of showed up and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting because you could get some anti-feminists that are completely like not on your wavelength. And some of them were, some of them weren't. It just depended on the subject matter we were talking about. I felt more in tune with actually the men who were talking just because as far as feminist fe feminism concerns, of course they had some modern day beliefs that I did not jive with. And we got into that some sometimes in the middle. Uh, but for the most part, they're just of the opinion that men and women are equal and they deserve equal opportunity, which I think nobody disagrees with. The issue is I don't think that's the case right now in the modern day. I don't think we're unequal. I don't think we, we are lacking sufficient opportunities. So that's the crux of the conversation. Cocobo Taxi says, uh, first live I caught, amazing, who, uh, oh, okay, so you're a woman who grew up in, uh, grew up liberal, uh, wait, you were a pivotal point for me leaving the wokes and being more balanced, the international media, uh, devilizes, I've not heard that word, uh, the USA a lot, do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, you know, I meet people who are from other countries and they're like, oh, America, you guys like Donald Trump and hate black people. Like, I don't know what accent that was, by the way. <laughs> but I've met a lot of people who just think that's like they paint America with that broad brush of like the country's horrible and you hate black people, all these things. Uh, and that's obviously not true at all. But it's interesting to see what they are gleaning from their media and like the glimpses that they get of American mainstream media. And you have to think about that. You know, if you're international and you're just watching American news, you would think this country is upside down. And for the most part, it's not not the case. Of course, our culturally, we're going through it, <laughs> but everybody else is, too. The autistic professor says, I feel like so much energy and emotions are exhausted with all these controversial topics. I wish we all could use that effort for understanding. We are all human. Hashtag utopian pipe dream. I feel like my brain is going to explode. Love y'all. Yeah. Some days you're like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to sit down, eat some food. I don't know. And just not worry about anything else that's going on in the world. And I feel you on that. You just want to be a hippie one with the earth and humankind but people make that difficult sometimes it's, it's it can be it can be rough christina yates thank you for your super chat no message dixon butts back again says the men constantly being interrupted and just shutting up and being quiet while trying to say that men aren't falling back in society is a bit ironic yeah very uh very masculine traits on the anti-feminist side <laughs> i will say and more feminine ones on the uh feminist side who would have thought? Okay, that's as far as I got. Cam, what else do we have? All right, let me go to my camera roll real quick. Okay, and I'll keep up. I'll keep up with the ones that come in while you're reading them. Do it in cycles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Matthew N. sent 279, um, but didn't leave a message for Super Chat. Thank you. Jason Arndt says, Hi, Amala. I'm 17. I look forward to watching you daily. I appreciate your positive attitude and your willingness to be unbiased. Thanks for all you do. I try, guys. I certainly have my biases, though. Don't don't miss them. <laughs> um, Raiku Forever says, I enjoy how much you just keep a level head and respect everyone. This video was difficult to watch when they started talking over each other. Yeah, that was the whole two-hour experience for me, guys. This is just half of basically what was talked about. So just imagine 
just imagine what it's like. Schmeagel says, thanks for being here to help us understand how to manage such a, such a chaotic time in our society. Thanks to Daily Wire 2. We need, uh, we need and love you always. Very cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. And then Lynn Dial. Dial? I don't know. I feel like this person it's hard with super chats all the time, but I still don't understand. <laughs> I know. Uh, in the last 30 years, it seems everything has started uh, to be good and then turned into chaos. Incel and Me Too, for example, Amala is so strong and beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, that we didn't really get into like the incel movement and inceldom or like anything we touched on me too a little bit but I, that would have been interesting to talk about and get their opinion on why that's happening i'd be very curious to hear it we've we've done many a video on incels and talked about it on this channel you guys can check it out uh nicholas tyler sent ten dollars for super chat west texas fancy media says as a teen mom i had to defend my apartment from an intruder it was horrible and i don't wish that on anyone i was mechanically equipped in quotes to protect us <laughs> and did but i sleep better uh but i sleep beside my husband yeah i'm like the same way i'm like okay i mean i'll do it if i gotta do it like if i hear a weird sound in my apartment i've recognized okay first of all sorry for you having to go through that experience and, and doing what you had to do in that case but i cannot imagine every time i hear like a weird sound in my apartment when i'm home alone i'm like up I go to the kitchen, I'm like, grab a knife. <laughs> and I'm like checking around to make sure nothing's happening. But I, I like to think, or at least I guess that's a good test. I like to know that that's what I would do in that situation. One time when I was living with my old, my old roommate, Risa, who uh, <laughs> you guys should follow because we're, we're working on stuff together. But she gets home really late at night because she works late and she came home one night super late at like 2.30 in the morning and normally she's home way before that and I was like, okay, who the heck is trying to get in my door right now? And she couldn't get in the door, which is not typical at all. And we had two doors to our apartment. So she's trying to get in this door and she's like jiggling the metal door. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to try and rob me right now. So I ran to the kitchen and I'm like, Risa, screaming at the door, Risa. And she doesn't answer me. And I don't know why if she had AirPods in or whatnot, but she's not answering me. I'm at the door, legit with a knife. She gets the metal door open and I'm still screaming like, Risa, is that you, Risa? And she's not saying anything. And she starts jiggling the main door and I legit got this knife and she opens up the door and I like, I obviously catch her face. I didn't stab her, uh, but I almost stabbed my roommate because I thought she was breaking into my apartment, which is not a great story, but it helps me sleep sound at night knowing that in a fight or flight situation, I'm gonna bite your ass and I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> so just thought you guys like to hear that story. <laughs> um, Nicholas Tyler sent another $10 and says, no judgment, but it's pronounced boondoggle. Boondoggle. I what did I say, boondoggle? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I discovered you on Jordan Peterson's podcast and have been following you ever since. It's great oh. to know that I'm not alone. Uh, being converted from the left. Welcome. That's amazing. I love to hear that. It's so weird to hear how different people like find the content and start watching the show, but we're always, always happy to have you. Is that That's all of them? Okay, now we're going to switch <laughs> spaces again. Okay, Alex Santea says, Hey guys, sorry I missed your one million party. Congrats. And I mean this when I say this, I think we, the right, are turning the tide back to normal. We shall see. Or, or the left is just getting so crazy that people, more people are just thinking they're on the right. I don't know what's going on anymore. 
Lex says, I'm Canadian, and when I tell my family I think the U.S. is better and I want to live there, they call me insane. U.S. media scares people. Yeah. If you watch U.S. news, you probably think, like, I don't know, we are living in a third world primitive I mean, not third world, because we have, like, all this stuff at our disposal, but just, like, the crime, the drugs, the genders bending, the everything. It must be wild. must be wild to watch. Matthew N. says, hey, Amala, can you just shout me out? Ha ha. Here's a shout out to Matthew. I'm a new fan, and I'm deeply in love with you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, We always appreciate new fans of the show. Shout out to Matthew. Greatly appreciate it. He said, also, I sent that 279 by accident, LOL, first super chat. Uh, well, uh, we, I don't know how we give that back. Do, can we give that back? Can you, can you take it back? I don't know. I think you might be able to while it's still live, but we appreciate <laughs> the 279. Uh, the autistic professor says, Amala, what do you do when you want to dissect your personal beliefs on a political controversial issues do you journal and or research any suggestions for centrist people who are politically homeless Ooh, a lot of listening to both sides uh i try to do that as much as possible on any given issue and then just like knowing i think knowing what your core values are and thinking about that a lot helps you decipher any given issue i'll, I'll tell another weird story i was supposed to be on the news today And the news story was this thing called drag syndrome. And if you guys don't know what this is, I'm going to pull it up on my computer so that you guys can see really quick. And uh, you're going to feel weird about it, I think. It is drag shows uh, for people with Down syndrome. So they bring people with Down syndrome and they dress them with drag in drag. uh, And then they do these shows where you can pay to watch Down syndrome drag queens. And I found this on Twitter, and this is legit, dude. <laughs> Cam's face was like, what the hell? And it gets really bad. I mean, like, look at that photo. I'm not gonna show it for very long because I think this is literally manipulation of people who are uh, mentally challenged, but this is what's what they're doing. And I had to think about this and look at this, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go on the news and probably argue with a leftist back and forth on this. And you know the way you feel about something when you see it. Like I see this and I feel as if it's wrong, but you have to substantiate why it's wrong. And you actually have to go on live television and explain to somebody why dressing somebody in Down syndrome in in drag is wrong. So you really have to sit with your feelings and go, okay, let me evaluate the initial emotions of this is wrong and actually try to figure out why it's wrong. And sometimes that's hard. It's a lot easier for something like this to to figure out, Uh, but, Sometimes you'll you'll see something and be like, oh, my, this is not resonating with my values. And you you struggle to explain why it doesn't resonate with your values. So it's really about trying to understand what your core values are and then, you know, listening to both sides of the issues and seeing which one resonates the most. I also bounce ideas off my boyfriend like crazy because he is so great at like being a devil's advocate and like pushing back so if you have somebody who's willing to like challenge you and even just play devil's advocate even if they agree with you that's a great test for uh figuring out where you stand on something okay cam your turn passing it off to you hopefully i didn't miss any super chats we don't have taylor here so it's very difficult if i missed your super chat we will try to get it on wednesday show i think i only got few okay uh mh says lol matcha is hand tea emoji is this 
that no, no, like this hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I um, do love matcha. I just like bought matcha powder. That's what I make at my house every day. Uh, and then Schmeagle says, send Taylor our love, please. Thank you for shouting out. Matthew was my favorite comment. Amazing. <laughs> and that was it that I got. Yeah, guys, send Taylor some love in the comments down below. Uh, he's going to be back on Wednesday's show, so uh, won't be gone for too long. We have a video coming out tomorrow, and that's about internet pranksters going too far. And that's not a subject matter I typically talk about on this show, but I figured we'd branch out and talk about it. Uh, one more super chat here. The autistic professor said, The Down syndrome issue is the same as the autism issue. Just because someone is disabled or neurodivergent doesn't mean we are all trans or drag or gay. They may be a correlation, but not high rates yeah i would completely agree with you and to have people dress up uh those who are in down syndrome and parade them around like this is very very distasteful to me it's just unbelievable unbelievable that these are the stories that we're talking about uh in today's time but guys that is it this is a show. Let me know if you want a part two of this Jubilee video at a later date. I could do one on Wednesday, possibly for our live, or we can talk about other things. You let me know what you want in the comments down below and we will make it happen. Thank you so much for watching. Again, leave a comment down below on your thoughts here. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I mean, 6 p.m. Eastern. 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, sign up for my email list. That's in the link in the description down below. Also, if you want to talk to people on Discord with your own little free thinking community, you can join our Discord. We have tons of active members on there who are on there all the time discussing today's controversial topics, talking about food, their pets. I don't know. I was going to say foot fetishes for some reason, but I don't think people are talking about that on our Discord. Although there's like a toaster empire on Discord and... It's oh, Discord. it's Discord. There's a lot of just weird stuff happening uh, there, and you can really talk about anything. We're not very censorious on my Discord. Just don't go being a little nasty or being rude and bullying people, okay? And that's it. Guys, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace out.